0: Hi, and welcome back to Good Moms Have Bad Days, Understanding Postpartum Mood Disorders, the companion podcast to the book by the same name by me, your host, Erin Simpson. Today, we are doing um, chapter five of the book, which is where to go for help and what to look for in a therapist. Um, I interview licensed therapist um, Ashley Mahoney for this, please excuse the barking dogs, the weird alert on my phone, um, any outside noises. We had some major technical difficulties getting to the recording session, so I apologize. Um, But first up, I'm going to read the chapter five for you guys, and then um, I will add Ashley's interview in. Also, just a little note, um, in the copy of the book, I actually interview therapist um, Abby Bird who um, was practicing in San Francisco at the time that I wrote and published the book. Um, But she is now working for a different organization and no longer doing um, uh, her private practice, which is why I'm interviewing Ashley today instead. Um, But you can find Abby Bird and her work um, online and on Instagram. And she also has a workbook. I think it's just called The Postpartum Depression Workbook, Um, If you find yourself with time and wanting that kind of a resource where that it's a little more hands-on and homeworky. But anyway, here is chapter five. The best way to find a therapist in your area who is equipped to deal with postpartum mood disorders is to utilize the guide in this book and the coordinators who are trained through Postpartum Support International. You can do this online or by calling PSI at 1-800-944-4773. As of September 2019, there's also a National Perinatal Mental Health Directory put together by Postpartum Support International. It puts all of the perinatal health providers in your area at your fingertips. To learn more, visit directorypsichapters.com. Another way to find help is to ask your OBGYN, midwife, doula, or general practitioner. Most will have no problem recommending a doctor who is equipped to handle your needs, but if money is an issue, make sure they know so they can help you find someone who is in network, accepts insurance, or has a payment plan options for patients who are self-pay. You may also be able to find a free option through a local organization. You can also contact your insurance company online or on the phone to find out what practitioners are covered. One way to make sure you're getting all your needs met is to contact a PSI coordinator who will have all of those options already put together for you so you won't get overwhelmed trying to find someone. We all know asking for help and then going out and looking for it is sometimes overwhelming and it can hinder you from getting help. Once you find a therapist, here are some questions to ask them directly or at least ask yourself after that first meeting. And and please remember, just because your first therapist might not be a good fit It doesn't mean you won't find one who is a good fit. You don't have to settle for anyone you don't feel good about. Questions to ask your therapist. What are their experiences with postpartum women? What are their credentials? Have they ever received any training with postpartum depression in particular? What kind of approach do they take? Does this sound like something that will work for you? What do they think a treatment plan would look like for you based on the initial meeting? Does that make you feel good? Do you feel supported? Do you feel heard? Is it affordable? If not, is it worth the expense for you and your family or is it worth finding someone more or for affordable? Are they flexible with their scheduling? If you're sick or your kid is sick, can you do your sessions over the phone? Are they okay with your kids coming with you when you can't get a sitter? There are a couple of apps, virtual therapy options for those who really can't make the time to get to see one in person, though I can't vouch for how well these services work. I've heard of Talkspace and BetterHelp.com. You've just got to make sure that the therapist you're matched up with meets your needs and you should change to a new therapist if not. And if you're feeling desperate, suicidal, please use the crisis helplines listed um, in the show notes for help. Um, And... Now, we'll go into the interview with Ashley, but again, um, you know, a lot has changed since 2019, since I wrote this book. We've had the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, and um, the one bright side of it is that now almost all therapists and psychiatrists are doing their visits virtually. So, I feel like there has never been a better time to get help. Because it is so much more available now. Um, And I know money is an issue for all of us. And my second round of postpartum depression and anxiety nearly bankrupted us. Because the two therapists I saw did not accept insurance. um, But I was so afraid to leave them. Because I was just so desperate to be well. Um, And... I don't want that for anybody else, so um, as you'll hear Ashley say, please be proactive in your search if you are pregnant, going to get pregnant, one day want to be pregnant, um, or uh, did I already say are pregnant, Get find some therapist number, call them, get that initial consult over with, and just kind of have a plan in place. You may not need it, you may be fine. Um, but. I just hate how this illness takes so many of us by surprise and it just knocks us down when we, um, you know, are trying to keep ourselves and this tiny human alive. So, um, just be proactive, take care of yourselves, put yourselves first, because if you're not working, nothing is, um, and hang in there, reach out for help. And, um, now I'm going to let Ashley take it away. Ashley Mahoney. Ashley Mahoney. She is a licensed mental health counselor with 15 years of experience in the, in the mental health field. Um, and I'm going to let her take away the introduction and excuse the dogs in the background.
1: <laughs> That's okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I have been in this field for quite some time now, um, kind of in and out of the industry, whether it be community mental health or working with, um, you know, state agencies as well. And then the last five years or so I've been kind of on my own doing my own private practice.
0: Very cool. Um, yeah, I know that, um, I've read up briefly about your practice arise wellness. Um, mm-hmm. you guys can find her on Instagram and, um, it looks like you kind of like to take the whole, um, you seem to be less clinical in your approach and more, um, I mean, not less clinical because you are a licensed. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, like that more, um, warm, fuzzy, holistic kind of approach. Yeah, you definitely. Are really focused on the whole person, not just what's going on in their brains. Yeah,
1: that- definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and specifically the you know peri-mental health field is really um, has been my specialty over the last, um, some time. I had my son about seven years ago, a little before I broke off, um, and started my own private practice. And there weren't as many resources then there just wasn't the access to even social media and all the amazing, um, supports that are just at people's fingertips now when you're kind of just like either stuck on the couch with a newborn in your hand and you're kind of just trying to find whatever you can, um, As far as community and whatnot, kind of in those early months, days, weeks, Um, I was fortunate enough to have kind of a local support group provided by the hospital in town here. And that's where I found a lot of supports here. Um, And then it just got me thinking, I was like, what is like, I feel like I'm missing something. I'm like, I'm a therapist. I have all these skills. I have all these tools. Um, and I was like, Whoa, this is, this is big. Like, this is hard. Like, this is not something that I was like fully, I thought I was fully prepared for and was not fully prepared for. (laughs) Um, and so over the next few years, um, eventually starting my own private practice and then starting to dive in more to trainings and just figuring out what is, like what is out there for perinatal support? Um, And really at the time, just looking at postpartum depression, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't fully experience that myself, but I knew people who had, and I knew my journey was hard also just as a new mom, juggling, working, and all of that as well. And so I found PSI, that's Postpartum Support International. Um, They're an amazing organization um, and they actually have a ton of trainings ton of resources. You can go on their website and there's a ton of free support there. Mm -hmm. Um, and they actually started this amazing, um, licensure for, um, not even just therapists, but also, um, psychiatrists and, um, nurse practitioners. So you can actually get additionally licensed as a perinatal, um, practitioner. And so I did go through that practice Uh and I got licensed a few years ago, Uh um, with them. Um, And just really started to dive in and trying to just find what supports were out there, Um, you know, for new moms, not even just new moms, parents, dads, like one in 10 dads also experience parental health. And that's not always talked about as well. Um, And just with the pandemic, the last couple of years has been really tricky for people to find support. So really trying to get that reach out there. Um, so that's my little one-two, I guess, on perinatal stuff. But in addition, <laughs> during COVID, I actually got um, my EMDR certification. Um, I don't know if you've heard of EMDR before. Um, that's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing okay. therapy. Um and that's, that's an amazing, amazing trauma therapy that I've found an amazing success with my clients who are really loving that as well, because it really does get right into the whole body. When we are talking about, you know, the whole body, it's not just in the brain, it's everything, it affects everywhere, right? So the body responds to trauma first, and then the brain tries to like figure out what to do with it. Um, and so sometimes they can get stored the wrong way. Right. And, and, um, EMDR really helps to kind of reconnect that, reprocess the trauma and kind of get people to be able to heal on their own and kind of move forward, which is really great.
0: Awesome. Sorry about that. I'm just all sorts of technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> that's, okay. that's ridiculous. Um, the, to go back to something you said a second ago about dads, um, I mean, my book and everything that I do is mostly directed to moms, but I have worked with so many moms in the last two years, especially whose husbands, um, are either going through it themselves or just are at a complete loss for how to, um, understand what their wives are going through Mm -hmm. and. I as there as a peer support, I don't know because my job is to advocate for the mother, but sure. I don't know how to guide the dads to get help themselves, if for nothing else, to help their partner without mm-hmm. it coming off as like a you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you dummy. <laughs> um so what do you recommend for for that how how should wives or friends or whatever um kind of broach that topic if they see it happening
1: yeah i think um you know psi again does have resources for dads too they actually have a uh i think a monthly dad support group which i kind of direct uh, people to um psi also has a directory of all of the people who've gone through their training and are also licensed professionals um, some work with dads, you know, some work with just moms, the couples together. So there, you can go in there and kind of type in your, your zip code. And right now with everybody's, I'm still doing telehealth anyway, you know, so yeah. finding somebody is hard because a lot of people are in need right now, but at the same time, you know, it's a little bit more flexible when you don't have to show up in person either. Um, but yeah, sending resources, I think it's just finding, reading up more about, How it can affect dads, and just kind of really validating that it is hard. um, And the different ways that we can support our partners um, really depends on what is needed in that moment, too, and supporting each other. And I think even just having the moms understand that the dads can be affected in a different way. you know, a lot of, one of the things that comes up oftentimes is, you know, especially for the, um, parents who choose to breastfeed. Right. So the dads kind of feel like they're just kind of standing there and it's like, okay, well, what are some other ways you can support, you know, your partner when they are breastfeeding and that be, whether it be, you know, helping with meals or helping with like changing diapers or, you know, little things in between the times. Um, and, kind of just really supporting them in any way they can. And if they are starting to feel kind of down, I think just it's helpful from the beginning to have a conversation that having a new baby is hard and both parents often, you know, well, things will come up for them, especially even childhood trauma yeah. and triggers that we don't even necessarily, that came out of left field for a lot of people. <laughs> They're like, whoa, like I I knew like having a child would, bring up all of these things I didn't know would re-trigger my own like childhood stuff yeah. um, and so a lot of times even if I'm doing say EMDR with somebody who's a new mom with maybe a traumatic birth um, you know a lot of times the childhood stuff comes up of their own um, because some of these things are just little feeders right they just they, they keep feeding and although we're like oh yeah like Um, that was a long time ago. Um, All of a sudden, they're like, they can still feel it, smell it, hear it, you know, it's like, well, no, that's still relevant, then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you can go right back to that moment, like it's nothing that's, you know, that's your brain saying that, like, it still needs some help connect reconnecting that.
0: Yeah. And I think so many people think that. um, I mean, my husband even said this a while ago, because I've had some of my childhood trauma brought back up in the last Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm months um due to the loss of both parents but um the he was like well good thing it was such a small percentage of your life you know at 37 <laughs> i'm like <"Right." laughs> but it wasn't dealt with until i was 37 like right. all things that i didn't you know i guess for survival reasons you don't you think you're over yeah. have repressed or, or yeah whatever I I think a lot of people probably have that mentality, too, of like, oh, well, it happened so long ago. Surely that's not why I'm feeling this way now.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. And the brain does a really good job at, you know, like dissociating certain parts and turning those off. And then you have these like little roots that are these little feeders, right, where oftentimes when we do EMGR and we say we have a trigger memory and we're kind of going backwards trying to connect a thread right of trauma throughout this lifetime um you know that touchstone memory is really just where the seed was planted it doesn't also have to be this huge trauma right oftentimes it's these little moments in our lives where the seeds start to get planted and then they continue to expand and that creates our narrative and that thread throughout the rest of our lives you know
0: yeah um Well, how do you, um, so I guess back to finding a therapist for folks, Mm -hmm. um, we've talked about CSI's resources. That's definitely the first place I go for when I'm trying to help moms find, you know, how to get started on the therapy train Mm -hmm. is the directory or the helpline and, or the helpline. Um, and the, um, I guess, I know from experience, it's really overwhelming when you have to be the one to take that first step yourself, you're already overwhelmed with this baby, you are feeling all kinds of ways. And you're just like, Oh, my God, I cannot possibly add to everything I'm doing to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, So to help make it easier on folks, I like to try to simplify the the hunt for them in terms of like, what exactly should you be looking for? What are some questions you can ask? How should you treat that first session just so that they kind of are armed with you know, their toolkit for how to yeah. get make it a little less overwhelming. Um, so what do you suggest for those things?
1: Yeah, um, the sooner you can kind of get, out and start reaching out, the better, you know, cause I think oftentimes people start looking when they're just like at a real, real low spot. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I recommend, especially since so many people have wait lists right now is if possible, just throwing it out there preventively, right? Like, okay, I'm expecting a baby. Let's like get a therapy appointment set up. Say that appointment, say you're feeling doing pretty well afterwards and you're like, nah, whatever. I mean, I personally, my biased opinion is that everybody could use a therapist after they have a child. <laughs> um, but, you know... It's trying to get those appointments set up. You know, we have all of the, how many times you with the pediatrician before your six week appointment, right? We have all of these other appointments that we have to do, do, do. And, you know, we just keep putting ourselves on the back burner. Mm -hmm. But if we're not putting ourselves first, we can't be the parent we want to be. We can't be the partner we want to be, the whoever we want to be. Just, just, there's not going to be anything left. Um, So really putting it out there, even when you find out you're pregnant, even because perinatal is a lot of people, this stuff starts at conception. Yeah, we don't really look at it until it's really blowing up after birth. And that's I think part of it is the hormone shifting and all these things start happening kind of right at conception. That's why we're really have changed it to more like perinatal mood and anxiety disorders because you know some of those intrusive thoughts some of those fears some of those worries all that stuff that starts churning in small ways right in the beginning and we kind of just like keep moving through right um and so the earlier the better i mean obviously that's ideal if you're not at that point Uh and you're kind of like i need a therapist now um definitely yes looking through the directory Putting calls out, emails. I mean, for me, it's easier with emails just because calls, I might be in sessions all day, but I can respond to an email at night. You know what I mean? And I think it's just like send out emails. Even if you copy and paste the same email and send it to a few people, you know what I mean? Don't Mm having to like rewrite the whole thing again. Copy and paste it, send it out, reach out. Um, You know, obviously, Psychology Today is another directory that's, you know, pretty popular as well. Um, sometimes those get lost in therapist folders here and there too. So if there is an additional website that you can click on and that'll be, be, an extra step, but even like reaching out directly might is, you know, that extra piece too. And just saying, you know, can I at least most people give a cons- like free consultation. I do that, you know, as well. Um, and <clears throat> even if I can't see somebody and maybe I'll say, okay, well, are you willing, can you wait X amount of months? Can you wait You know, at least I have I've met you. Here are some resources in the meantime. Where are you at? If it's a real crisis situation, then that's a separate thing. Um, And to really just kind of address where they're at. The other thing I've also been offering is um, kind of EMDR intensives where maybe it's just like quick little things to get through. You know, or maybe you're already in therapy, you know what I mean? But maybe the person's not perinatally specialized and they're feeling like they need that extra piece. You know, there's also people that can see you with that extra specialty as well. Yeah. Um, even if it's for a couple sessions, it might be helpful just to feel some of that validation um that we're kind of feeling um in that beginning that we need.
0: Um if somebody is already let's say somebody is already in therapy they were in therapy you know before they got pregnant but the person mm-hmm. has no um experience with postpartum depression mm-hmm. what do you think is the benefit of finding a therapist who is specialized um i had the the benefit of a great therapist who was like huh, this is uncharted territory for me i don't know uh-huh. but here's Recommendation for someone who is um But I I feel like a lot of people might not. Um, So is it, so what should people do? Should they stick with what they've got or should they try to find someone who has a little bit more specialized insight into what they're dealing with?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think it's definitely good to keep, if you have a good relationship with your therapist, stick with your therapist right now because it's hard to just, you don't want to just jump without, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to make sure you have that. Um, support. Definitely. Um, What you can do in the meantime is reach out to a couple, you know, perinatal therapists that maybe you feel like would be a good match, have a consultation with them and kind of say, okay, I just found out I was pregnant or I'm about to deliver. Um, I am seeing a therapist right now. I'd love to, you know, potentially also meet with you on the side. Most insurances will also cover because it's a separate type. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think typically that is okay since it's a specialty. Um, and it wouldn't necessarily always be a long-term thing. It just depends on the person. I think every experience is unique. So um, it just it doesn't hurt to have that extra support. I've definitely been that support for some other people who have had ongoing therapists that they have a good connection with. Um, we can also sign a release if they want it. We can connect too just to be on the same page so we're not like stepping on toes and just making sure we're on the same you know, have the same goal and set up. Um, And those are all ideal situations. You know, I think oftentimes I get the frantic email um, from somebody who's, um, that wasn't prepared to maybe feel like, or thought Mm -hmm. they were prepared in many ways. And then this kind of hits them. I'm part of a organization locally. We're just kind of like a small um, coalition um, for perinatal mental health here in Massachusetts. And we have, design these like little cards where the front just has some stats. And on the back, it talks about, um, the symptoms of each perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. And we try to have the resources at the pediatrician's offices because uh-huh. that's where you're first. Right. Yeah. And sometimes in those first couple of weeks, you're kind of, the adrenaline's going, you know what I mean? And it doesn't really start to hit until like a few weeks in, I mean, psychosis is earlier, um, but it's really important to have those tools and, you know, I know people do take the Edinburgh, um, at yeah. some of those appointments too. Sometimes the anxiety disorder slips through the cracks with those. Um, <laughs> you know, we still have a lot of mom guilt and shame sometimes when we're answering those too. Yep. So it's just good to feel like you can have a conversation. Some of those two, sometimes you might be meeting the pediatrician for the first time. Um, but you can always call the hospital back too. the nurses and staff. I know at our hospital are always going to be willing to talk to you as well. Even if it's going to be some time before you get to your appointment, you know, whether it's, you know, a nurse or a lactation person, they can always point you in the right direction too, for like local people that they have in their back pocket to be like, okay, here's a direct line to this person. You know, if you're really struggling.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Um, Well, what else would you say to a mom, um, who is struggling and, um, sorry, let me rewind for, (laughs) uh, I have, a, I have just a lot. This is a, it's great. Everything that you're saying, um, the, but it reminded me that, you know, when I was pregnant with my son, my um, kind of OCD and anxiety really, really kicked up like in that second Mm -hmm. trimester, but I just attributed it to just normal. Um, and my OBGYN, I mean, it was, they never talked about postpartum depression Mm -hmm. or, or peri (laughs) prenatal depression. Um, and, uh, I definitely see now that there were warning signs that this was maybe a slope for me. Um, what and I, I talk about this in a different chapter of the book, but what are some of the the, the signs that you would see maybe in a, a pregnant woman who is like ah, maybe don't wait this out or or um, you know don't sweep this feeling under the rug. Let's mm-hmm. maybe find somebody to address it with.
1: Yeah, I would that's a great question. I think anything that gets stuck for more than like a few moments, right? Uh, you know what I mean? We often have, most people have intrusive thoughts and then they just kind of float away, right? It, like <laughs> a thought may come through and then it floats away kind of almost immediately, right? It just kind of passes through, Um where we have these different random fears and anxieties that pop up. I think when we're looking at perinatal stuff and intrusive thoughts, we start to have these fears about something happening to the baby, right? Something not being a good enough parent. If those are sticking too much, right? More than just like a fleeting thought, just noticing that, right? Noticing how often we're having these thoughts and you're not a bad parent, right? For having these, these are so common these are so, so common, right? Um, and the earlier you get help talking through these, the faster they're going to kind of move through, gotcha. right? Um And I think similarly, I think you had talked about like medication at one point too on your, um, Mm -hmm. on your Instagram. Um, and I think that's important too, because it's really having that true conversation with your practitioner. And if you are, if your practitioner who's prescribing your medication is fearful about, um, keeping you on the medication, PSI also has a hotline for practitioners to call. And it is run by some of the top psychiatrists in the country, um, that will talk to your practitioner and talk to them about the the pluses and minuses of staying on that medication or if it even, even is a, a concern because the wellness of the parent always trumps, you know, except for maybe a handful of specific medications, right. right. Um, you know, and making sure you're having that conversation with your doctor too. Um, because oftentimes too, we might get frantic, we get off our medication and then things spiral too, right. Thoughts start to spiral too. Um And so our nervous system, the best way we can kind of stay in check is to calm and keep, making sure our nervous system calm is calm. And so if we're having a lot of intrusive thoughts or a lot of, you know, those racing thoughts, our, our heart rates increased, our breathing is irregular, you know? And so the more small things we can do with like, even, you know, just checking, doing a breath work exercise once a day for a few minutes, right? Just checking in, am I breathing normally kind of, kind of listening to whether it's a mini guided meditation once a day, these little things help balance our nervous system because our nervous system wants to make sure it's safe. And so I think the more unsafe our nervous system feels based on thoughts and these different things, it creates this kind of snowball effect. (laughs) And so oftentimes that's, you know, we have to catch it. It is hard to catch earlier on. Um, but like I said, even just setting up an appointment regardless, just to get another person's opinion on it and to feel validated and what you're thinking about and any concerns you have is, is really important.
0: Okay. And um, I guess just to, since we're nearing the end of our time, um, just any messages for moms as it pertains to, you know, their mental health. I'm sure you've seen a lot and it's probably been worse during COVID. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, just anything you want to say.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, these things are temporary, right? I think with all stages of those, the newborn stage, just th- things in general, they might feel so overwhelming in that moment. But moments are temporary, right? We can move through them. It's having the right tools and taking care of yourself is the best thing you can do for your child too, right? Um, and these are symptoms of the pregnancy too. I try to remind people, right? Yeah. It's like, these are symptoms. They're not, this isn't who you are, right? This is a symptom you're experiencing, um, and reminding moms that they're doing a great job, you know, you're doing the best you can by reaching out to somebody, right. And mm-hmm. just taking that step, even if you're texting an online thing, people don't know who you are, you know what I mean? But they can still guide you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and the people who are doing this work know that's the case already, right. And so we are just here waiting, and mm-hmm. just with open arms, <laughs> as long as I don't have like as much as possible, right? We're all doing yeah. the best we can.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, I'm not perfect. I have two children. Um, I still have my moments <laughs> and I have all the tools. <laughs> cool. um, well, I'm,
0: and I'm the so she was like, you know, therapists need therapy, too. And yes, you want your <laughs> therapist to be open to going to therapy for themselves.
1: Yeah, that's why I, I try to, right, post these different things on my Instagram. Not that I have like a ton of like following. It's more about resources for my clients to have, mm-hmm. right? And like I go to, I am very fortunate to live near the ocean, and mm-hmm. that's my like safe, calm place. In my yeah. own EMDR that I've done, yeah. and be like, nope. This if I can actually go to my place and like reset and ground,
0: yeah. and
1: reconnect. Like I know taking those however many minutes here and there and just knowing when you're like, ooh, I can feel that rising. That means I haven't got enough of my care in, right? I'm like (laughs) losing it here and there. And I'm like, ooh, nope, I need to go for a walk or (laughs) I need to go do this or sit in my room and listen to like maybe a guided meditation and like reset. Because all of those things can have a profound impact when you consistently incorporate them in. Yeah um so yeah
0: all right well um so let's tell people where they can find you to get more tips and stuff from you or if they're in massachusetts maybe book an appointment
1: (laughs) yeah if you're in massachusetts i also keep as part of this coalition a google doc of local therapists you know that have that are part of this coalition as well um, who are all perinatally um, certified as well as some uh, medication providers also. Um, and so you can find me at Arise.Wellness on Instagram and um, AriseWellness.org on my website. I do need to add my EMDR stuff on that website. So, um, you know, just putting it on my to-do list. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and the perinatal mental health coalition is the Pentucket area um where we are in massachusetts kind of like the north shore area of massachusetts where we are um and so if you're in that area absolutely but anywhere in massachusetts right now most of us are still doing telehealth that are on that list um you know as well and if you know if I have a wait list or if other people have a wait list and we can't connect you to somebody else, we, we do try to point you in a direction where finding some temporary resources and maybe scheduling a consult or an intake out a little bit further, or just kind of a- assessing kind of where the needs are at right in that moment.
0: Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your time and, yeah. um, again sorry about the technical issues but I'm glad you know it is what it
1: is (laughs) I'm like you know what it's the week between Christmas and New Year's and this week is always just like a
0: (laughs) well it's like upside down what do I need to be doing right now
1: yeah exactly exactly so
0: well I hope you have a great rest of the week and a happy start to the new year Stay yes, well. you too
1: as well. Yeah, thank you for all that you do too and getting that information out. I definitely like to share your resources as well, so I appreciate all that you're doing for awesome. new thank parents you. as well.
0: Thank you. All right, have a great day. And um, just to say thanks everybody who has bought the book in 2020 or engaged with me on social media. Um, You guys are awesome. I wish you all a happy and healthy new year mentally and physically. And um, as a reminder, you can reach out to me at um, goodmomshavebaddays at gmail.com, goodmomshavebaddays.com, or goodmomshavebaddays on Instagram. And um, don't forget to reach out to PSI or the National Institute for Mental Health um, if you are needing crisis care. Um, and postpartum.net is the website for PSI. So, um, again, I'll drop all these links in the show notes and I will see you in 2022. Bye.